You're listening to the Ritual Rising podcast. I'm your host, Jesse. Here we explore the intersection of the mystic and the scientific to bring you practical tips for crafting daily rituals that help you cultivate peace, clarity, and confidence in your life. I want to show you how you can use the art and science of ritual to live in harmony with the fullest expression of your true self and live a life of greater joy and meaning. So sit back, relax, and let the ritual begin. Hello, my friend, and welcome back to the podcast. It is now January 2022, and I cannot believe it. Like, here we are in the midst of this new year. Um, I took an extended break for the holidays, and I am learning to get back into the swing of things with a new schedule, a new semester of school, and um, more time with my little ones and and fitting all of those wonderful pieces of my life together in a way that feels aligned and yummy and and really good for for me and for all of us. So thank you for being here. I can't wait to get back into um, more content with you guys. I've got a few episodes planned. I am comfy today in my bed with my favorite blanket and um, a little afternoon coffee and some water, of course. And I just finished a meditation to ground myself and to get into alignment with the message that I want to give to you guys today. So let's let's get started. Let's get into it. I thought that since it's January and since I have been working on, on my routines, my wellness routines to feel better and, and really looking at my rituals and revamping them as needed, I thought that I would kind of share that process with you guys as a way for you to, um, reflect and look at your routines and rituals and see what's working really well and what isn't. And just knowing that wherever you are, you're exactly where you're supposed to be and it's all okay. And especially if you, if you feel in any way overwhelmed, like, oh, I need, it's, it's a new year and I have to completely revamp my entire life. Let's just take that idea and click the opt out button because that doesn't have to be true for us at all. And I'm a big believer that big things happen with just small steps. And I'm all about making one small change at a time until you get to a place that feels really good. And even making that one small change, man, the impact that that can have and the impact that dropping the shame that's holding us back from, from taking those steps, the impact that can have is amazing as well. So, um, yeah, welcome to the new year and let's look at a process for, for taking our routine and making it more aligned with what we want it to be. So the first thing I like to do is, especially when I'm feeling that feeling of overwhelm, and I am somebody who's neurodivergent, so I have some, I have depression and I have some anxiety as well. And basically my brain just works differently than other people's brains. And maybe that's true for you as well. I find that we are typically drawn to people who are like us, um, so maybe you're ADHD, maybe you have depression or anxiety, or um, maybe you just have a brain that works differently. We have, if that's you, that's definitely me, then we have different neurotransmitters and we don't always um, 
flow or behave or make decisions in a way that other people do in a way that's natural to um, people who are neurotypical, who have a brain that operates by the book um, and who have neurotransmitters who that act the way that, that function the way that they are quote unquote supposed to. Um, so if you, if you're like that or, or if not, but if you are like that, you probably feel overwhelmed frequently. I definitely do. Uh, you may have trouble staying motivated, staying consistent, all those things. And man, we, we can really shame ourselves for that. I know I do. Or I have, um, I get better about that all the time and I try to stay away from the shame game, but it definitely still happens. But one of the most freeing things you can do is just release the shame and say like, I'm, I'm still here and I'm still committed to my health and my wellness and I'm still showing up for myself. I'm committed to my growth. Um, and even if I took a hiatus or I took a break or I spent a month on the couch like a potato, like I'm still here and I can still show up to, for myself today. So the first thing I like to do when I'm feeling that anxious, overwhelmed, stuck feeling when I feel behind, quote unquote, which is another idea that we can click opt out on, right? Like we're never behind. We're always exactly where we're supposed to be. When I feel behind, when I'm starting to believe that lie that I've gotten behind, what I like to do is just list out all the things that are making me feel that way. What's making me feel stuck? What's making me feel overwhelmed? Why do I feel behind? So I literally make a list and I love to make lists. I'm somebody who thrives in list making. That's how like my Enneagram shows that. Um, and the way, like the way I look at things, the way I see things is on paper and me being a projector that helps me as well. So I like to take out a piece of actual paper. If I don't, if I'm not with a planner or I'm just doing this on the fly, sometimes I also use an app on my phone. I really like Google Keep because I can keep all the things in there. And of course, there's a ton of different apps that are like that, like Apple Notes, but Google Keep is just, Google Keep is my favorite one. But the OG way that I like to do it and the way that I think makes my brain feel the most like, <sighs> like calm <laughs> and reset um, is taking out an actual piece of paper or my notebook, my planner, and writing out a list. And I organize it by writing out like different categories because if I just start writing down things, I'm like, oh my God, this feels like way too many things. Uh, I'm overwhelmed. So I like to literally make categories. So I'll write down a bullet for house and then I write uh, bullet points underneath that. Like maybe it's cleaning, maybe it's redecorating, uh, maybe it's like renovation projects. I write all of those little things underneath house. Then I write down money and I write like, okay, what bills do I need to pay? What money things are stressing me out? Like what's coming up? What vacations or projects do we have that fall under the money category? Um, for me, I write down school, like what's going on this semester. You might write down career, which I also have one for that. Um, my business, I have a category for that and put all the things under it like this podcast. Um, and then I write down things to do. So this isn't always like, this is kind of a catch-all category that might fit under a bunch of different categories, but these are things I actually need. Like I need to send this email. I need to uh, make this phone call. I need to go online and pay this bill. So I write those things down and it's kind of like my to-do list. And when I get to this point where I've been overwhelmed, it's a to-do list of things that I've probably been putting off for a while. I've got the procrastination going and I've just been avoiding it. Like either because I've, I'm being a perfectionist and I'm like, 
I'll do it when like the stars are aligned. <laughs> when everything is perfect, then I will do these things. Or sometimes I'm doing it like as a way to punish myself. Does this ever happen to you? I'm doing it because I know that once it's done, I'm going to feel better, but I'm just going to keep avoiding it like as a way to feel bleh because sometimes it, that feels good. I know that doesn't make sense, but Sometimes my brain is like, I'm down and I'm going to stay down, bitch. And I just don't do the things. And it really is like, I, I listened to a podcast about this just the other day. Um, I really like Ms. Michelle Pelazon with holisticism. I think she says some things that are just real nuggets of wisdom on her podcast and also on her Instagram, which is just at holisticism. But one thing that she said on her podcast is talking about why we procrastinate. And I've always thought about it as being like perfectionism. And also I'm a projector. So I do need a lot of rest I need to really manage my energy well. And when I'm not doing that, things can stack up, but she said it can be a form of, it's definitely self-sabotage, which I've thought about that as well, but it's a way of like punishing yourself. So quick story about that. Um, I've been a perfectionist for as long as I can remember, and I think a lot of things go back to childhood. Uh, you've probably heard me talk about this before, but I focus a lot on inner child work in my own growth work and also with my clients. Um, I, I talk about my childhood with my therapist. Like These are things that I think up until you're about seven years old, you're really forming your worldview, like your entire par paradigm of how you see the world. So we learn so many rules of how the world functions at that age and we don't even realize it or at those ages and we have no idea that that's happening in our brains. So sometimes we can definitely scrape the surface on things that are happening in the now or things that have happened in the past few years or since we've been adults, like since we've had our fully formed adult brains. But sometimes it's just scraping the surface and to really go back and look at the framework that you need to shift, you have to go back to those childhood years. So all that is to say, I've been a perfectionist for as long as I can remember ever since I was a kid. So sometimes I'm like, oh, well this, I'm a perfectionist because of X, Y, Z, like because of things that have happened to me in my life. But also I probably genetically just have some perfectionist tendencies. And the reason I <laughs> have to acknowledge this and I, I think about this now is because my five-year-old is exhibiting these perfectionist tendencies. And I, like, I don't understand why. Like, I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Which, you know, hello, what's, like, that's perfectionist parent, parenting. Like, that's trying to be a perfect parent. Newsflash, that, that can't happen. That's not real. But I'm like, well, my husband and I, Matt and I are, are parenting my son both of our sons, but especially my five-year-old, because he's at an age now where what we're teaching him is really sinking in. We parent so much differently than the way my parents parented me. Um, and that's not any shade at all, but it's just, you know, we, we, we have our own way of doing things, right? And all of our college education plays into that and our own experiences play into that. And um, really the way that we're intentional about wanting him to grow up to be a certain type of human, a human that's kind and respectful, um, and a certain type of man, not to get into gender, like whoever he decides to be, but a certain type of adult, and we intentionally parent him in that way. But even with the most intentional parenting that 
like I'm putting all of my skills and all of my growth into that, he still has perfectionist tendencies. So the other day he, he has a slide for like in his, on his bed now where he, it's a loft bed and there's a slide and he can um, sleep up there and he can also use it like as, as a playground and he and Leo play on it often, but he slid down and wasn't looking and the baby was at the bottom of the slide and he hit him pretty hard. And I think it mostly scared Leo, like he was unscathed, but um, he felt so bad. Like he felt awful and he was so worried about his brother and he immediately just like went up on his bed and started crying. And I, once I had checked on the baby, he was fine, got him calmed down. I was like, Ike, you know, it's okay, buddy. Like what's wrong? Let's talk about this. And he was like, it's not okay. And I have to punish myself. I was like, Oh fuck. Like, holy shit. What am I, what am I supposed to say to that? Like, you don't, I was like, no, you don't have to punish yourself. But then we're getting into kind of an argument about like, no, he wants to punish himself. And I'm like, there's no need to punish yourself. It's okay. It's going to be fine. Like you didn't mean to accidents happen. Well, he kind of takes this on and he, he goes on over like the next 24 hours and he's like, I have to punish myself. So he's at his grandmother's house, my husband's mom. And he tells her, like, I have to punish myself. And she's like, oh, you don't have to punish yourself. You can forgive yourself. And how magical is that? Like, how magical that was for him in that moment. And as she was telling me this, I was like, oh, that is so perfect. It was like the thing that wouldn't come to me, but it came to her just easily, just the way it was supposed to. And so she told him that. And also, I think, like, I don't know that he could have heard it from me because no matter, like, as I was telling him that in that moment, he was just like, no, no, I have to punish myself. But hearing it from her, it's like a whole different thing. Sometimes we can't hear things from our parents or from a certain person that's too close to us. But he took it from her and he said, okay. And he sat down and he said, I'm sorry. He said, I'm sorry to himself as a five-year-old. And there are so many grown-ass people that could not do that for themselves. Like... Being able to forgive yourself, like, it's everything. And if you are in a place where you're punishing yourself, like, you can forgive yourself. That was a long-ass story (laughs) for me to tell you. If you are procrastinating, it could be because you are punishing yourself, whether you realize it or not. And I want you to know that you don't have to punish yourself. You can forgive yourself. So if you need to, right now, pause this podcast and say to yourself, I'm sorry. And just let that roll over you. Let that forgiveness wash over you because there's nothing more freeing than that, my friend. There's fucking nothing that feels better than that. So you can forgive yourself and you don't have to procrastinate. So all of these, this list that you're making, this is just step one. I feel like this podcast is just going to go on forever. It's meant to be short, you guys. Um, Other things that you may want to list, um, you may want to list like your health and wellness. You may want to list like things about your relationships, friendships, if you need to check on somebody, if you feel bad that you haven't responded to a text, like all of these things can go on your list. So make the list of things, just putting it on paper, that's immediately going to feel better. You're going to get out from underneath that overwhelm just a little bit. And also incorporating the forgiveness part. I teach my clients also, I'm just going to side caveats. I teach my clients um, something called compassionate self-forgiveness where we actually look at, and this is something that my coach taught me and I know she learned it from someone else. Um, But we look at forgiving ourselves for judging ourselves, not forgiving ourselves necessarily for doing a specific action, but forgiving yourself for judging yourself 
about that thing. Um, and that's a really powerful exercise as well. So once you have made the list of things and forgive yourself for, for judging yourself for not getting these things done, you're, you're a human. It's perfectly okay. The next thing I want you to do is, you can probably guess this, I want you to set an intention. I want you to set an intention and it can be for the entire year. It can be for today. It can be for this month, this week. You get to decide what time frame you're looking at, but go ahead and set that intention. So when I was doing this exercise, I wrote down in 2022, I want to feel, and for me, mine are peaceful, proud, and present. I want to be more present. Whatever the feelings that you are wanting to call in for yourself, go ahead and set that intention. And I want you to write it down on the same piece of paper that you're working with, working on. In 2022 or in January or in whatever month, whatever week, whatever time frame you're listening to this podcast in, I want to feel and then write down what feelings you're calling in for yourself. That's also very empowering, that step alone. Okay, those are steps one and two. The next thing I want you to do is wherever you are, in your current routine, and you may be like, Jesse, I don't have a routine. Like every day is different, or I've just been doing nothing. I've just been on the couch. Like whatever it is, just fucking write it down. Just just do it, man. Just like be here with me. Write down, like I wrote down a heading, current routine, and then write it down. So I will share with you mine so you can get an idea. Mine was kids wake me up, then I drink my coffee because I have to drink my coffee every day. It's an addiction. (laughs) It's not my favorite thing about myself, but hey, it is what it is. Then the next thing I do is like I get my son ready and take him to um, his preschool. Then I like either drive around or I sit on the couch. I spend time with Leo. Sometimes I do chores. So I write down sometimes chores. Not every day, right? Sometimes I don't do the things. That's okay too. Then I have to pick up my son from preschool. And then the next thing I do, we spend our afternoons either playing, resting, or I put spiraling because sometimes I'm spiraling out about my to-do list, which is why I need to do this process. Then it's time to make dinner. Then we have a little family time. And then I have bedtime for the kids. And then I do my my current evening ritual, which is like a little tea and a little reading. And then I do my bedtime. So once I have that routine written down, write yours down. If you need to pause the podcast, you can, or you may want to come back to it, but write down your current routine. The next thing I want you to do, um, I'm going to give you an option here. So go ahead and use your intuition and do what feels better for you. I want you to look at the current routine that you wrote down and do one of two things. Either go through each thing and see if that makes you feel good, bad, or neutral. So you can write a plus, a minus, or um, a neutral sign. I don't know what that would be, but you can, or you can even write like, you know, good, bad, or neutral next to it. You can go down and and for each one of those things, decide which category it falls into. Or if that feels a little bit too judgmental to you, just go down through there and see which ones make you feel good. And you can put a little plus next to those, or you can put a smiley face next to those. Because the ones that you like and the ones that make you feel good, you want to call in more of that, right? You're telling, you're signaling to to the universe like, hey, I like this. I want some more of this. And you're also signaling to your own brain, right? So you've got your current routine. You've got it. Um, in some way categorized things that you like and, and maybe things that you don't like. 
The next thing I want you to do, so I did this in three columns. On the far left was my current routine. I skipped a space in the middle and on the far right, I wrote a heading and I put dream routine. My dream routine. Okay, this is like if everything was perfect, you were a perfect human. Never gonna fucking happen, right? But maybe you have a perfect day or maybe it's like five years in the future You're living your best life. However your brain needs to wrap around to get to this point where you can think of, okay, what's my dream routine? I want you to get there. Maybe you want to take a second, breathe, visualize it, whatever you need to do. But go ahead and write down what what your dream routine looks like. Like this is, you may or may not have the current job that you have. You may or may not have the current like stage of life that you're in, whether you have small kids, like maybe you don't have that, whatever. Whatever your absolute dream routine is, I want you to write that down. Like, what does a perfect day look like? But it needs to be a perfect day in your real life, not like a perfect day on vacation, okay? So for mine, I'll give you an example. I like to wake up slow. So I put that at the top. That can't happen right now, but you know, I wrote it down anyway. And then I wrote down morning ritual. And I like to have options for my morning ritual back to my neurodivergent brain. I don't like to do the same shit over and over again. I like to have, um, I had a coach once who had the morning menu. Instead of a morning routine, you make a menu of things that you can do. So that's what I kind of did here. Um, I like to have a, a hot drink. I like to move and or journal and or meditate and or read and or write. All of those things make me feel really yummy in the morning. Gratitude journaling also falls in there. I didn't write that one, but I do love that as well. And so um, drawing, making art, all those things. My dream routine is having a morning ritual where I can do one or more of those things every day. The next thing I like to do is get ready. I like to have time for that. I currently don't have time for that, but maybe I could make space for that, right? So I wrote down get ready for the day. The next thing is drop off the kids. I'm not dropping off both kids every day right now. I have Leo with me all the time. He's one. That's totally okay. I still can write down in my dream routine dropping off the kids because I would like to do that. <laughs> not not every day, right? But, you know, Monday through Friday-ish. Perfect. Um, the next thing on my list is working my dream job. I would like to then sit down and get to work. And guys, spoiler alert, my dream job is being a coach. I want to work with people. I want to help them improve their lives and grow. And I want to make the content and um, all the things that go into that, right? Like working on this podcast, writing emails, all those things are part of working my dream job. I'm not currently doing that because I'm in school, but I still wrote that down. The next thing I want to do is exercise every day. I'd love to have time to exercise in the afternoon, preferably, because that's when I have the most energy. Um, Then I'd like to make time to clean every day or most days. Next, I'd like to go and pick up the kids. Uh, Then I, I do like, this was something that I put a smiley face next to on my original list, family time and dinner. I love that time of day. I love that we have that time together. I'm very thankful for that time. And I want to call in more of that. So family time and dinner, then kids bedtime, then my evening ritual. And then I put sleep nine hours, which, Hey, not happening right now, but I can manifest it, right? Like I can call that in sleeping nine hours at some point would be amazing. So that's my dream routine. You write down yours. The next thing I want you to do. So the dream routine is like aim for the stars, baby. Okay. 
shoot for the the moon, whatever. Like that is your absolute dream life. You've got that written down. But we can't make all those things happen right now, right? It'd be wonderful if we were like in the Harry Potter universe and we could wave our little wand and say the magic words and everything would be exactly the way that we want it, but it's not like that. Good things take time, some most of the time, and small steps can small steps can move mountains. Small steps can um, help you quantum leap. So what I want you to do is take small steps. So what I would like for you to do on the dream routine is choose between one to three things from that list that are the most important that you would like to incorporate. So I will point out that if you had something that's in your current routine that's also in your dream routine, you don't want to select that because if it's if it's already going well, then you don't have to work on it, right? So like I have the kids' bedtime. I like the way we're doing that. Um, I don't need to work on that right now. But select three different things and then you're going to come over to the middle between the two columns, between the current routine and the dream routine, and you're going to write a heading at the top that says middle ground. Middle ground. So... We're going to work on changing no more than three things. You can start with one, especially if it's a big thing. Go ahead and start with that one. But my three things that I'm going to change are, or that I'm working on changing are creating a morning ritual time and space. Um, even if it's just 15 minutes, something in the morning where I can kind of set an intention for the day. So I put that under middle ground. That was one of the things that I chose from my dream routine. The next one is working my dream job. I would like to find more time to work on coaching and I have an announcement I'll share with you at the end, but I am incorporating that into my middle ground. So working on my dream job that goes in there. And then the last, the next thing I selected was the sleep nine hours, but really it's just about better sleep hygiene for me. So I'm including that with my three things. Whatever your most important three are, you can put that in your middle ground. And then you can look at the actual hours in the day and find time where you can incorporate your one to three things, okay? And making a plan is the last step, but it is one of the most important steps, if not the most important steps, because if you can't visualize and create a time, like create a plan, on paper or in your planner where you're going to do these things, then odds are it's just a pipe dream. It's not actually going to happen, right? We can have the best intentions, but if we don't create the plan, the action plan, then sometimes they still fall back to the wayside because real life happens and you get swept back up into the current routine and the overwhelm and all the things. So I would advise you to create a plan. And then if you need Two, you can look for some accountability, which most of us do need some form of accountability. So even if it's telling your partner, telling your best friend, you know, telling a coworker, or you can hire a coach, which I would love to be your coach. Um, you can hire someone or, um, another tip I have is to put it in your planner, put it in your calendar and like set a reminder so use, use technology to your advantage here and set a reminder in your phone. Have it pop up like, hey, it's time to do your thing. If it's Especially if it's a new morning routine, new exercise, um, or like time to wind down for the evening. So on the iPhone, this is a cool thing as well. On the iPhone, if you're an iPhone person, you can go under your alarm settings and you can create... Let me look it up and tell you what the name of it is. That might be helpful, huh? 
So under the clock, there's like the sleep and wake up alarm. And you can set it up, edit sleep schedule and health. You can use the health app. Um, so you can open the health app from there, edit sleep schedule and help in health. And you can create a sleep goal and you can set a setting for wind down. I do this and what it does is you tell it how long you want to wind down before you go to sleep and your phone kind of goes into like a lock screen. You can still get into it, but it tells you like, okay, this is the time that you said you wanted to wind down for bed and you have to overwrite it to actually go in and get on Instagram or do the things on your phone that you like to do. And you can also... Um, you can create wind down shortcuts so you can create you can you can create shortcuts to apps that help you wind down so i have um my meditation app that i like to use as one of my shortcuts so even though my screen is locked and i can't get on social media and i can't get on the games that i like to play and all the bullshit stuff i do on my phone um, I have a shortcut to my meditation app so i can open that and do my meditation and then i can shut down my phone for the night so Studies do show that getting away from blue light an hour, maybe it's more than that, but around an hour before bedtime really does impact your sleep and, and helps you have better sleep overall, higher quality sleep, and helps you stay asleep for longer. So I recommend that highly, and I, that's something I've done for a long time. Um, sleep hygiene is so important to everyone. So that's one of my main things that I like to focus on. I hope that helps you as well. So my announcement is that I am now opening spots again for my one-to-one -one coaching. It's been a while. I've had other priorities um, that were more important, like going back to school, but I am now ready to take on one-to-one -one clients again. And my focus now in my coaching, in the past I have coached moms. Um, right now I'm really focusing on wellness for people who are I, who do identify as neurodivergent. So if you are someone who you think your brain just works a little bit differently than everyone else's, maybe you have a hard time with overwhelm, you have a hard time with executive fun function, with starting tasks, um, you have a hard time staying motivated, any of those things that you feel like you could use some coaching on, I would love to work with you one-on-one. -on -one. And what we do in my coaching program is we focus on holistic health, holistic wellness and health. I teach you about movement and nutrition, of course, but we also focus on mental health. I help you identify um, your breath and how you're using it, and I help you to use it in a more um, efficient way. Your breath is so important. I'm a certified breathwork instructor, so that's something that I like to focus on with my clients. And also mindset. Because if you're not going to focus on your mindset, then it's hard to actually follow through with any of the things that will help you um, have better wellness. So basically, I just want to help you start and stay consistent and committed to your wellness and teach you how to hold space for yourself. I want to help you identify maybe some patterns that you go through, especially if you are somebody who procrastinates or um, feels that overwhelm more than once a year, you kind of get stuck there. We can identify those patterns. We can go over the compassionate self-forgiveness together, and then we can learn about body wisdom and all of these things. I incorporate um, an energy reading in my, in my 
one-to-one coaching, the first thing that we do is look at your human design. Uh, We do an energy reading and identify some goals around that. We, of course, are going to set intentions and we will create rituals together. There's a great resource vault included of meditations and breath works and things like that. Um, And then we have three calls together every month and then you have Voxer access to me as well. So if that sounds like something that is up your alley, especially if you benefited today from today's process of identifying your current routine and then setting up your your next step routine, your middle ground routine um, from your dream routine, then the next thing that we could do together is look at a plan for, for how you want your wellness to be. All right. Thanks so much for being here with me today. I will put a link in the show notes, but you can to apply for my one-to-one coaching. Um, but you can also go to my Instagram at Jesse Gibson Jones, and you can click the link in my bio and you can apply from there. I hope you're having a wonderful start to your year and I will talk to you again soon. Bye.